1: Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning. Thanks for being with us <clears throat> on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Uh, I'm going to struggle through this one a little bit today. I think the voice is getting a little bit raw, doing a little bit of extra radio, and coming down with a little bit of a a little bit of a, a congestion thing. So uh, apologies if there's a little bit of raspiness. Your speakers are fine. It's not you. It's me. Thanks so much for being with us. It is a Wednesday, the 17th morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2021, which makes this a happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Tura Lura Lura, uh, Aaron Gobra, and all of the other Irish sayings that you can think of. Uh, My salute to all of you. Uh, Today is also the anniversary of the birth of my father. So I want to say happy birthday to my father. God rest his soul. I want to start this day. As I always do with our Pledge of Allegiance. Why? Because we love our country and we know that liberals hate it. So without further ado, please stand, put your hand over your heart if you are so inclined and if you are not driving right now as we pay tribute to our country.
0: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God Indivisible with liberty and justice for all.
1: Absolutely correct. And uh, it's never been more needed a national pride uh, than, than we need it right now. I want to start our, sto- our show today, excuse me, <clears throat> start our show with a very disturbing story. Oh, by the way, one guest today coming up uh, a little bit later on. We are going to be talking with Tony, or um, I'm sorry, uh, yes, with Tony D'Arazio. Uh, Tony is the founder of Jacob's Ladder, which is an extraordinarily important organization for children with Downs, Down syndrome. And uh, he is the father of a Down syndrome. He's got a book out, which, uh, which is just simply amazing. As they say, he's a father of a Down syndrome son. And um, he's got a book out called Downright Joy. Downright joy. I love every second of it. Uh, I have read most of it. He was kind enough to give me the advanced copy, and we're going to talk about what it's like raising a Downs child and um, to talk about the joy that it brings. So many people think of the negativity. So many people think of the extra challenges raising a special needs child. Uh, It's not about the challenges, as Tony is going to talk to us about. It is about uh, the joy that you get from you know being with these children. So it is, uh, that'll be at 1035. It'll be a really, really, really inspirational story. But I uh, start this show today with less than an inspirational story, and in fact, a very dangerous and negative story. Rochester, New York, two white teenagers have been charged with assault and arson in connection to the brutal death of a mentally ill black man. Um, the two reportedly sneaked into the home of the man on Friday afternoon, Sprayed him with an ignitable fluid and set him on fire until 70% of his body was covered in second and, degree, second and third degree burns. Uh, apparently, left to die, another man, identified as either a mail carrier or a gas or electric worker, burst into the apartment to try to put out the burning man. By the time the 911 call was made and police arrived, it was too late. The victim fought hard for his life for four days in a burned trauma unit before finally succumbing to this horrific, horrific attack. The story was reported by local Rochester news station WHAM 13 News, but the races of the individuals were not specified at that time. Citing law enforcement sources, however, reports are that the two white teens instructed the black victim during the incident to tell authorities that it was two black men who perpetrated the crime a police source confirmed this account to the daily wire a man has died after suffering second and third degree burns over 70 percent of his body days after a rochester police say he was intentionally set on fire by two teenage boys wham 13 reported Investigators said the man, whose name was not released, was sitting in, his, in a chair in his apartment on Lyle Avenue near Murray Street in Rochester on Friday. According to the officers, the two white teenagers, aged 14 and 16, sprayed the man with an ignitable fluid, then set him on fire. Both teenagers were charged with first-degree assault. The 16-year-old is charged with second-degree attempted arson, while the 14-year-old was charged with second-degree arson. Um, the races of those involved may not prove to be relevant in the end as we do not yet have any motive for the crime at the early stage of the investigation however there are no reported connections between the teens and the man if police sources are correct however race was a factor when the two teens reportedly told the black victim to say he was set on fire by black men um Protest marches are already being organized. They are expected to be violent. They are expected to be, um, well, more than just protests. There is outrage after these two white teens set the black man on fire. Um, authorities from across the country are speaking out on. Hold on a second. What? You're kidding. What? Sorry. Sorry. Being told now that um, the story was inaccurate. There were two black teens that set a white man on fire. All protests are canceled. Everything is hunky-dory. That's the real story here, my friends. You understand that? Odds are very good that you did not hear the story I just gave to you in the news. Because nobody reports the news if it is in this state. If the story is a story of two black teenagers setting a mentally ill white man on fire, it's not news. And if you did hear the news of the event, the incident, the crime, you certainly didn't hear the races. This would have been the lead story and the lead story for a month or more of riots had it been what I fake, uh, what I told you at the beginning of the show, which was a fake news story. It would have been the leading story. Joe Biden would be doing a national address on it. LeBron James would be screaming on social media. But because it wasn't two white teenagers doing this to a black man, a, a, a mentally ill black man no less, and it was instead two black teenagers doing this to a mentally ill white man, you didn't know the story, did you? And I promise you, you didn't know the races. Because part of what I read to you during this doctored piece was accurate. The story was reported by local station WHAM 13 in Rochester, but the races of the individuals were not mentioned. How can you not mention them, considering what it would have been had it been the way that I told the story at the beginning, the only way the races were noted was Rochester radio host and journalist Bob Lonsberry. He went public highlighting the races of the individuals involved and the double standard that news coverage would have played or would have practiced um, in the coverage of this story. Rochester is a deteriorated city, according to Lonsbury, a city engulfed in, in a time, violent campaigns against police officers over alleged racism. By the way, the story was also picked up and reported by the New York Post and the USA Today, and they gave the same exact story but did not mention the races. Lonsberry said Monday, if two white teens had set a mentally ill black man on fire last Friday on Lyle Avenue, how many floors at the Strathale, Strathaland, whatever building that is, would have to be set aside for national media today? And again, the races may not be uh, uh, necessarily relevant here. We don't know what the motive is, but we know they would be automatically relevant if they were reversed. And the story about the police was verified by the Daily Wire. The police say that the two individuals, according to the man who was conscious enough to tell this and confirm this, the teenagers told him to tell authorities that it was two white guys who did this to him. So two different police... Uh, um, Sources have confirmed that part of the story. Due to this claim, the racial connection is stronger than many other national stories the media has framed through a racial lens. News reports of the incidents involving Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, Eric Garner, George Floyd, for example, were not shown to be connected to race in any way other than the media's injection of racism into the tragic incidents. No evidence whatsoever that race played a factor in any of the incidents mentioned above, yet they were decided uh, to be racial incidents. Now here is a white, mentally ill man, burned to death, the most horrific way you can imagine dying, by two black teenagers, and motive and race are not even a part of the story. Lonsberry wrote, in A World Where Everything... Anymore seems to be about race. Nobody wanted to mention the fact that the teens were black and the old man was white. And they watched him burn a bit after they sprayed him and lit him. Telling him to say it was two white guys who did it. But nobody will even ask if this is a hate crime. Lonsberry's right. The New York Post, USA Today, they picked up the story, did not mention the race of the individuals involved. Ladies and gentlemen, race is involved in everything today. If you applied to a job and didn't get it, race is involved. If you were up for a promotion and didn't get it, race. Tried to get a new school, couldn't get it, race. Somebody said something about the kind of car you drive, race. Somebody said something about you, tweeted, race. Racism or racism allegations are literally driving the culture right now. The Cleveland Indians can no longer be the Cleveland Indians because of race, because George Floyd died. The Washington Redskins are now the Washington football team because George Floyd died. And even though there was no evidence whatsoever presented that anything that the Minneapolis police did, whether they're, whether, whether um, appropriate or inappropriate in terms of their actions, was motivated by race. Didn't matter. A black man died. Therefore, everything having to do with race in America. Uncle Ben's rice is gone because George Floyd died. You understand that? Aunt Jemima, gone because George Floyd died. The Lando Lakes Indian on the cover of the butter, gone because George Floyd died. Race, 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 race in everything in this country. Yet two black teenagers set a white man on fire and watch him burn. And the races of the people involved are not mentioned by the news that's why I had to start to show the way that I did giving you the fake news story reversing the races because it probably caught your attention it doesn't catch your attention in the reality of the situation you turn it around and by the way one other note about this not having to do with race this is just simply what the hell with our legal system I have to ask that and I apologize for the language but seriously How are the charges against the 16- and 14-year-old not attempted murder? The 16-year-old is charged with second-degree attempted arson and first-degree assault. The 14-year-old is charged with second-degree arson, so he must have thrown the match, and also with first-degree assault. First degree assault for a man who was burned to death. How is that not attempted murder? And then, in quite in fact, forget about the attempt, it succeeded. How are they not being charged with murder? Our culture is like that poor, mentally ill victim on fire. 216-901-0945, 888 I want to hear from you on the Bob France Authority right now. My apologies if I freaked anybody out with the uh, segment that I just did. (laughs) Uh, But it needed to be done for dramatic effect. If the story had been accurate the way I started to tell it, there would be rioting planned. There would be, you know, smashing, grabbing, looting, burning, assaulting, blocking traffic, and all the rest. All of that stuff would have happened. But... When I told you the reality was that two black teens did it to a, and set ablaze a uh, mentally a white man, uh, riots are canceled. That, just that simple. Nobody's going into the streets to riot over this dead man who was burned to death. But celebrities, like I said, politicians, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, LeBron James, Cardi B, all leftist celebrities Would have been all over it. Leftist celebrities would have been all over it. And talking about the ongoing systemic racism, they probably would have found a way to blame Donald Trump. Probably would have found a way to blame Ron Johnson. He's the new racist of the day, according to the left. And they would have called uh, called this all systemic, white supremacy driven, uh, hate crime. You would have had to pay for it. I would have had to pay for it. There would have been more critical race theory discussions and trainings in your kids' schools, in your work rooms, or, you know, your, at your uh, places of work, in your boardrooms and break rooms and, and whatnot. But because it was the way, the, you know, the way that it really was, all of that is off. So I had to do that for a fact. I hope you understood uh, the point that, that we were trying to make there. This is a very, very dangerous time for this country. And if we don't open our eyes to the reality of this, if we, if we don't stop letting and I'm going to be honest with you, it's not just the individuals that I mentioned, the celebrities and the politicians. Who drives 99% of this? Who drove the narrative when Trayvon Martin died? Who drove the narrative when when Michael Ferguson tried to kill a cop and died? Who drove the narrative when Freddie Gray died? Who drove the narrative... Every step of the way, that police are racist, that America is racist, that white supremacy and white uh, and uh, white um, uh, uh, privilege caused all of these things. Who did it? It was the media. It was the enemy of the people, as Donald Trump called the media. That's who drove the narrative more so than even the politicians, and the celebrities, and the professional athletes, and the rappers. And the actors and all the rest, the media, George Stephanopoulos, Don Lemon, whoever's on Channel 3 anymore, Chuck Todd, the mainstream media drives all of that trash, and you know darn well that every single news show this morning would have been, and yesterday and Monday and Sunday and Saturday, because this happened on Friday. For the last five days, you would have seen nothing but wall-to-wall coverage of Rochester, New York, and these two white supremacist teens who burned a, a mentally ill black man to death and watched him burn. You, would have, you, you wouldn't have been able to escape it, and now you can't find that story. That's the reason I brought it to you, and I hope you learned from it, and I hope you understand it. This is where we are. We live in a, we live in a place now I talked about this with Kirsten yesterday where if a white person is talking about black people in terms of factual statistics, not accusing, not insulting, not uh, degrading, just pointing out, like the Georgetown University law professor was pointing out, that the students at the bottom of her class in terms of performance have been mostly her black students, and it's that way every semester. And she lamented how bad that makes her feel. She was fired for uh, simply acknowledging the fact that she looks at her students and looks at the performances and stated what they are. Not only was she fired, though, the guy that she was talking to didn't interrupt her and stop her from saying those things on a Zoom call, and so he was forced to resign because he listened to someone else and didn't actively dispute them. Cancel culture is beyond. It has is, it is long since, quote, crossed the Rubicon. Now you can be canceled, not just for what you say, but for what someone else says, if you don't dispute what they say. Goodness gracious. Look, Barack Obama said back in 2008, actually running for president in 2007, that he wanted to fundamentally transform America. Joe Biden said when he ran for president just five, six, seven months ago, said he wants, Chuck Schumer agreed, said, when we win Georgia, we can change America. They're doing it. They're changing America from a constitutional republic rooted in freedom and liberty and free speech and turning it, turning it into an absolute bastion of tyranny where if you say the wrong thing or if you hear the wrong thing and don't dispute it, you're done. 9.30 time for news. We'll be right back. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side. And then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. You probably want to get a salve for that if you're a Democrat. Seriously, leftists, I know you're allergic to the truth. You're probably breaking out in the rash as we speak because truth is coming through your speakers right now. Um... Probably get a salve. You might want to go see a dermatologist, see if they can get that cleared up. Either that or I don't know. Stop being leftists and start actually embracing the truth. What do you think? Yeah, I'm speaking in a general sense. When I say liberals and leftists and Democrats, I mean you. If it does not apply to you, then forget about it. If it doesn't apply to you, ignore it. Don't get butt hurt about it. I just had somebody call and told Marcy off the air. That they were upset that I said all liberals hate America. Number one, listen better. I didn't say all liberals. I said liberals hate America. Prove me wrong, by the way. Prove me wrong. If you don't hate America, why do you support those trying to destroy her? If you don't hate America, why do you hate her constitution? If you don't hate America, why are you lying about her history? If you don't hate America, why did you elect politicians who said we are going to fundamentally change America into something that's not America? If you liked America, much less loved America, then you would not vote for those people. You would vote for, for people who uh, choose to support and make America better. It is already the greatest force for good in the history of human civilization and a reason why millions from around the globe try to come to this country legally and illegally every single year. If it was so bad, why would they do that? If you loved America, acknowledge that. So if, 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 you know, if I say you know, this pledge is for leftists to tick them off because they hate America, uh, if it doesn't apply to you, if you're like, that means other leftists, not me, then what are you worried about? If it is you, then you have to do some soul searching. I'm just going to be clear about these things. I don't know where the ding ding is coming from. My apologies for that. Might be on my end, might not be. I don't know, but I'll uh, I'll I'll adjust that. Now I do want to say this. In fact, I do want to respond to this. We have the authority message line, right? Um, we tell you about it, 216-525-1806, something you can call and leave a message for the show, ask a question, bring up a topic, something you want, think you want us to talk about, uh, a comment about uh, something you heard already, whatever the case might be, we tell you 24-7 you can leave a message on the message line, and we will play selected messages on the air and respond to them. Since we have liberals and leftists calling the show to complain during the show, let's keep it going with the messages.
2: Hello, Bob. Listen, I've been looking around the internet and I find a lot of conservative talk show hosts let liberals post on their white sites. I'm wondering why you don't have the courage to do that. Um, you know, never been harsh with you, never, never got vicious with you, never lied about you. And yet you cut my sister, my dear friend deceased friend wobbly and myself and others off from your website what if what are you afraid of well i'll let you i'll let you mull that boy you take care
1: so i'm going to respond to that because i know who that was this is lefty joe from brad and All who tries to call the show from time to time and isn't allowed on the show either and i don't know anything about your sister or your dearly deceased brother-in-law either but if they were leftists I can answer the question very simply. Why are you not allowed on my Facebook page? I don't like you. Okay? I don't like you. You are offensive in all manners to me. You are repulsive. Am I, do I need to get the thesaurus out? I don't want to be around you. You see, Facebook has this thing that they call for people who interact with your page. They're called Facebook friends, right? You're not my friend. You would never be my friend. If I saw you in a social setting, I would move to the other side of the room. You want to know why? You're not my friend. I don't like you. I don't want to associate with you. And most, most of all, most importantly, you're a bald-faced liar. You see, I see your page. Lefty Joe, I see your Facebook page. You have an unhealthy obsession with me. 90% of the posts on your Facebook page are about something Bob France said. Then you distort it, take it out of context, tell outright lies about it. It's your life. And I want to say this to you as somebody who doesn't like you but doesn't want to see anything bad happen to you. Seek help. Seriously. Anyone who is as obsessed with a public figure as you are with me needs to seek help. You've been doing this for 20 years. For 20 years. Back on the other station I was on in town. Now for six years on WHK. You've been trying to go after my sponsors. You've called them and asked them to drop me. You've called the radio station management to complain. Yet you never miss a show. I love you for listening. There's no better listeners than the listeners who listen every single day to everything I say. I appreciate that. But your obsession is unhealthy, it's unnatural. It's psychologically deformative. Seriously. Take me off of your Facebook page. Stop calling the show. Stop calling management. Stop calling sponsors and then calling the message line and saying, are you afraid? No. I just don't like you. And I want you to understand that. It comes from the core. And I don't know your sister or your brother-in-law or anybody else you mentioned, but if they're leftists, I probably don't like them either. I have learned that life is a lot more enjoyable when you surround yourself with people that you enjoy. Life is more fun when you surround yourself with people that are fun. Life is an annoyance when you surround yourself with people that are indeed, finish the sentence, annoying. So thank you for the message, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to answer it. Now you know why you'll never be allowed on the Facebook page, why I don't take your phone calls. Am I afraid of you? Am I afraid of points that you make? Absolutely not, because you are pointless. But what I am is in the right mindset that I want to surround myself with and associate with people that I like. You are not among them. You are disliked with prejudice. So continue to slander me on the Facebook page if you want, or libel, I guess, since it's written. Continue to do that as much as you want. Take my comments on the air out of out of context. Say the things that you want, but understand, I will never like you, and you will never be allowed to associate with me online or on air. All right? mm-hmm. Isn't the message line fun? 216-525-1806. You can leave one, two. <laughs> Chances are I won't dedicate seven minutes of a show to it, but Lefty Joe certainly needed and deserved all of that. All right, um, I want to dive back into the real news of the day, but I'm going to take my time out now. Uh, coming up at 1035, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Tony D'Arazio about his book, Downright Joy. Uh, and I welcome your phone calls, 216 or 888 281 By the way, Joe, I don't like you. We'll be right back. Okay, 9.49 now. Let's uh, dive right into the actual news of the day. And I want to talk about what Mitch McConnell had to say about the filibuster, because this is is literally what our biggest fear was. Our biggest fear was that the Liberal Democrats would eliminate the legislative filibuster and thus be allowed to pass by a simple majority or a tie-breaking vote by the Vice President the most radical legislation possible, the uh, abolition of the Electoral College the packing of the Supreme Court, the creation of Washington, D.C., and or Puerto Rico as American states, the passage of a Green New Deal, the passage of an H.R. 1, all of these things, the most radical and dangerous of legislation, which now requires a 60-vote majority in order to pass the United United States Senate with the filibuster rule in place, that would be gone. They would only have to have a simple majority or a tie at 50-50 with the tiebreaker being cast by Kamala Harris. Mitch McConnell is warning the Democrats, do not even think about it. And by the way, why would you think about it when we had the choice and the chance to do that ourselves under President Trump when the Democrats held uh, an advantage, or excuse me, when the Republicans held an advantage and never did any such thing. Uh,
0: It's not broken, and it doesn't need to be fixed. Uh, Our Democratic
2: friends
1: used the filibuster frequently in the last uh, Congress. They were in the minority in the Senate. They took advantage of, for example, killing Senator Tim Scott's police reform bill I didn't react to that by saying, "Okay, we'll change the rules of the Senate to get our way. Uh, It's not broke, broken, and it doesn't need to be fixed. This is a solution in search of a problem. It is not a problem that the Senate stops bad ideas or negotiates bipartisan solutions. That is the essence of the Senate. (laughs) Mitch McConnell is exactly correct. He could have and never did even think about um, eliminating the legislative filibuster, which means that the opposition party, the minority party, doesn't have a say in the discussions. When you do something like, like that, you are saying, we don't want to work with you at all. We will ramrod everything that we do down your throats, down the throats of the American people, and you are powerless to stop it which is precisely what Chuck Schumer, who is in charge of the Senate now, says that he and they want to do. Literally, that's what he said they want
0: to do. For a diversion. He knows how popular ARP is. He knows he and his whole caucus opposed it, and that the American people, even Republicans, we just surveyed in New York State, 55% of Republicans are for the ARP now that it's passed. So he's always looking for a diversion.
1: I need, I need to respond to that just briefly. A.R.P. is the quote unquote American recovery project or whatever they're little of uh, the one point nine trillion dollar stimulus. No, no, the American people are not for it. No, fifty five percent of Republicans are not for it. Fifty five percent of Republicans in New York may have been for the fourteen hundred dollar checks, but that's it. They are not for two trillion dollars of Democrat spend a thon uh, buffoonery. They're not for that, so stop with your diversion nonsense. Get to the point.
0: As for uh, the issue, we Democrats, all of us, believe we need big, bold change. As I've said before, we hope our Republican colleagues will work with us to produce that change. We will try to get them to work with us. But if not, we will put our heads together and figure out how to go, and everything is on the table.
1: See, this is the insanity of the American left, and it's the absurdity and the ignorance of people like Chuck Schumer. He claims he wants to work with Republicans, but then said he wants to eliminate the filibuster rule. Eliminating the filibuster rule would literally eliminate the need to work with Republicans. You understand how that works? The filibuster rule literally makes you have to deal with the minority party. Because you need 60 votes. You're going to have to bring them in. You're going to have to find ways to come to a compromise on whatever legislation you're talking about and get it done with your colleagues. A legislative filibuster being abolished would mean we don't want to work with Republicans at all. We just want to pass our simple 50-50 with Kamala Harris casting the deciding vote uh, legislation, and we don't want anything to do with the Republicans. I mean, it's one thing for a a leader like Chuck Schumer to be stupid. It's another thing, thing for him to think that we are stupid and that we don't know how the game works. We do. And what's really sad is that he doesn't even know that members of his own party in his own chamber, including Senator Elizabeth Warren, kind of let the cat out of the bag. Sixteen days ago, on March 1st, Senator Warren said this. The
2: filibuster is something that gives Mitch McConnell a veto, and that has to stop.
1: Mitch McConnell and the Republicans should not have a say in this. It gives him a veto to what we want to pass, and that has to stop. We don't want to work with them. So this is just how utterly ignorant as well as disgusting that the democrat party is they send joe biden out there with a script somebody else wrote on inauguration day to say i want to unify with you then they send schumer out there saying hey we want to work with republicans while simultaneously arguing the right to not have to work with republicans by getting rid of the filibuster and they think that we can't see it They want one-party rule so that they can do what they said they would do. Change America. We all remember that, right? We all remember when Chuck Schumer said, we're going to take Georgia and then we're going to change America. Take the Senate majority and change it. You don't change things that you love. You don't change things that you really, really appreciate. You change things you don't like. I don't like how I look in this. I'm going to change clothes. I don't like where I'm at in my career in my life. I'm going to change occupations. I don't like the state of my marriage. I'm going to change my marital status. Not that I'm promoting divorce, but you understand the point, right? You change things you don't like. They want to change this country because they don't like it, and they want single-party rule to define it, their party rule. And it's not ambiguous. They're very direct about it. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Mike is calling from Lakewood on AM 1420. The answer. Mike, good morning. Go right ahead.
2: Yeah, you started your show by saying liberals hate America. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It wasn't a liberal who blew up the Oklahoma a City of a federal building. It weren't liberals that were destroying uh, the Capitol building. It was conservatives. The only program you right-wingers have now today is hate liberalism. And by the way, one more. Well, comment.
1: actually, Mike, hold on a second there, Mike. Let's let's take a little bit of your ignorance and and break it down, st- ignorance step by ignorance step. Um, what on earth makes you think that Timothy McVeigh from nineteen ninety four uh, or ninety five, I guess it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ninety five. Yeah. What makes you What makes you think that he was a conservative?
2: Uh, he was a uh, right wing
1: extremist. He was no belief. such thing. He was no such thing. You better, you, better, you better do what liberals don't like to do, and that is study your history a little bit and go learn a little bit about who Timothy McVeigh was and what drove him, according to those who knew him, to do what he did. He was in no way, shape, or form a conservative. That's number one. He was one. one
2: of your anti-government right-wing idiots, like the people who attacked the Capitol and were no, chanting, F no. the blue, F the blue. No,
1: that, that, that wasn't happening either, Mike. You uh, I you're, heard you're that. A believer. that no. Excuse
2: me. That was Mike. recorded, and you could hear it.
1: Yeah. you. Who did you hear saying it, Mike? The,
2: the demonstrators at the Capitol. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you identify those demonstrators as being conservatives and not the uh, Antifa agents provocateurs oh, who were this there?
2: Is, this is the Ron Johnson nonsense, huh?
1: No, this is the reality of it. And to, to the beginning oh, of the well, show, Mike, he... since you brought it up. Hey, Mike, hold on for a second. Hold on. Um, to the beginning of the show, I just yep. spent the last 20 minutes explaining what I meant when I said liberals hate America. Tell me something. If yeah. you liked America, why mm-hmm. would you vote for people to fundamentally change it? Why would you do that?
2: You just said you don't change things that you love. Let me ask you this question. If your mother or father was an alcoholic and you loved them incredibly, would you want them to change?
1: It is not that You're comparing the United States to a drunken person? Are you serious right now? I'm Mike, 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 the, Amer- the, the United States of America, lest you, do, and, and in fact you obviously don't know your history, the United States of America was founded to do great things for all people. It has spent the last 245 years as the greatest force for good in the history of human civilization. The force for that good is all codified in two documents, in the Declaration of Independence and then more importantly by the Constitution of the United States conservatives in this country fight every day to defend that document liberals every single day are trying to destroy that document trying to change the account the bill of rights trying to eliminate the rights guaranteed us in particular in the first amendment but in many others including the second including the fourth including the ninth as well you are trying to get rid of the system of government put together by our founders that makes sure that we all are have a seat at the table and can be heard with rules like the filibuster in our government that allows both sides to be heard and not for one party rule to run the, the country like a monarchy, which we died, by which hundreds of thousands of people died to free ourselves of in the Civil War, and which millions more have died to protect in all of the wars since. Yes, Mike, maybe this doesn't apply to you as a leftist, but generally speaking, liberals who elect liberals who want to get rid of what made this country great Uh. do so because they hate this country. Thank you for the phone call.